Uh, I don't even know why we're here. Uh, we're here because of the pod. Obviously, we do it. We do but, it for our this? fan. We do it for our fan. Come on. We shouldn't have any fans that really love Alkaline Trio. <laughs> <laughs> Half of our fans just get up and leave. I know, probably. <laughs> Welcome back to Asinine Radio, a weekly podcast where we talk about music and, well, that's pretty much it. So, uh, let's go! This is Asinine Radio. This is the weekly music podcast where we get into a different album from a different band every week and we break it down. We do all the research. We find out, find out all the little secrets about the album that we're doing and we let everybody know because that's what we do and we have we try to have a good time doing it. Uh, my name is Tyler. Way out there. Hundreds of miles away. Way out there in the ether is Jeff. Uh, go to any uh, podcast app, Apple Podcasts, Podcast Addict, whatever you use. Rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast on there. Please, please do that. That would be the best thing you could do. Uh, also, go follow us on social media at Asinine Radio. And uh, I think that that's all I got for intros because we like to keep them short and sweet. Tight. So uh, I have nothing synced up. Cool. I'm so, so sick. Because all the ballads so. you listen to mushed up your brain. <laughs> it is. Um, all right, Jeff. Brains. What album are we doing today? Uh, Alkaline Trios from Here to Infirmary. Alkaline Trio formed in 1996 in Chicago, Illinois by Matt Skiba on guitar and vocals, Rob Doran on bass, and Glenn Porter on drums. Uh, they currently have nine full-length records, four EPs, two splits, and four comps. 
Uh, From Here to the Firmary is the band's third album. It was released April 3rd, 2001. It features Matt Skiba on vocals and guitar, Dan Andriano on vocals and bass, and Mike Falumli on drums. From Here to the Firmary was also the band's breakout record and is considered by many fans to be their best. Now, Jeff, what, uh, what is your origin story with Alkaline Trio? What do you got? Sick. Okay, your mic's probably off, but okay. Oh yeah, it is off. I just turned on right now. <laughs> You're quick on that on that on that comeback right there. Though. That was good. Uh, got to do it to him. I, I started talking too, as if like I was talking to somebody, and then when you started talking, I got really annoyed because I had not unmuted my mic. You know, I got annoyed. N o i d annoyed. Annoyed. Yeah, so I had a lot of counselors at camp that listened to Alkaline Trio. So, you know, being the impressionable youth that I was, I was like, okay, tight, dude. Like, I'll listen to Alkaline Trio, too, and I'll be dope. And so From Here to Infirmary was the first one that I listened to. And I listened to this, like, right around when we started high school. And I was just kind of like, okay, this is fine. This isn't really great, but it's okay. And I remember thinking that it was just okay. So whatever, mm-hmm. fast forward like again to when we were graduating, Crimson, listening to that one, and I thought like again, like this is okay, but I still like this one a lot, but I think I was just psyched for graduate high school, and then listening to it again in the summer, I was just pretty much done. Like I was done with Alkaline Trio for so long because they're just not, they're just not that great. And then okay. when Skeebs joined the Blinks, and then their newest album came out, uh, is, is this thing cursed? That's his cursed. Everything is cursed. I was, I was, I was kind of like, you know, maybe I had not given Alkaline Trio a fair shake. I will listen to him again, and so I listened to that one, and then I listened to From Here to Infirmary again. And while I will say that From Here to Infirmary did get better, I still think this band is wildly overrated, and is this thing cursed? Is just not that great. And then most of their albums, I think, are mediocre at best. This band, <laughs> dude, this band is just so overhyped, and they don't even do, maybe they're kind of like the first ones to blend like the emo lyrics with the more upbeat, pop punkish, but still keep the darker tones, but they were definitely not the best at it. So that's, okay. where, I, that's where I'm at. All right. Uh, my, my first impressions with with this one, or my origin story, I'm sorry, my origin story with this band is I I vaguely remember hearing a couple songs back in high school, uh, not being impressed whatsoever. Uh, I had a couple friends who really liked them, and and they would try to show show me some of the songs, and I just I I didn't get it. I didn't care. I thought it was boring, plain old people. And it wasn't until like I think it was like two thousand nine, or it was like yeah, it was like two thousand nine, and uh, and I started hanging out with with some other some some new people in our in our friend group and uh and two of the guys their favorite band was alkaline trio and and they're like oh you got you got to try at least this album and that was from here to infirmary so really like the first time i ever really sat down and listened to them was in 2009 and and i really i really enjoyed from here to infirmary i i thought there was some absolute fucking beyond bangers on this record actually there's two beyond bangers on this one with a few extra bangers and then, and then I just kind of like forgot about it. I'm just like, okay, it's not enough to make me want to go back and listen to anything else. So I never did. 
And then, you know, after Skeebs joined the Blinks, like you said, I was interested to listen to Is This Thing Cursed? And at the time, I just didn't really, I thought it was whatever. I still think it's whatever, uh, except for Blackbird, absolute banger of a song. But yeah, I just, I've never, they've never really been my thing. And I, I agree with you. I think they are very overrated, but I think they have some good stuff. They really do have some good stuff, but overall, a fucking overrated band. I just, I don't. I don't get some of it. I maybe lyrically, like they have some cool lyrics and the metaphors they use and this and that, but outside of that, I just musically, vocally, I don't I just just All not right. really my thing. Skip, not really my thing. Could be a short one then. <laughs> no, no, cuz I mean the the bangers that are bangers, they're really the beyond bangers are just whew, they're good. They're really good. So, um, so, so let's get into the first impressions, I guess, on this one, or initial thoughts on this record. What do you got? This is or better. Do you have any stinkers? What do you think? Uh, I don't have any stinkers. No, I don't have like a okay. ton of banger. I think I have like five bangers. Three. That's well, fair. Well, maybe four bangers. I think I have four bangers. Okay. I got five. I got five bangers. I got four bangers, but one of them was really close to being a banger. But I, it was it was an AV, it was an almost banger. <laughs> but this uh, this was better than I thought it was going to be. I thought this was going to be, I thought this whole this whole listen through was going to be just absolutely awful. And luckily, God damn it, opened everything up, and I was I was pleasantly surprised, and I was happy. So it wasn't it wasn't like an awful listen through for all of these. It was just um, it just solidified that I think this band is is. <laughs> Dude, they're just they're they're so whatevers. They, they made some really good <laughs> albums, but those albums don't really like like my two favorite albums, Goddamn and This Addiction. I think those are fantastic, but they don't even really like that. Those albums don't showcase why people like this band. No, from, you're right. From Hitter Infirmary is a good album, and that really showcases why people like this band. So, mm-hmm. given that. Um, I don't, you, you have two beyond bangers. What are your What are your beyond bangers? Uh, so it's. I mean, I guess I might as well tell you my my one and two B, and those are uh, Private Eye. Private Eye is their best song through and through. Best song. You cannot. They've never done anything better than this song. Wow. And then the uh, the second song is uh, Stupid Kid. Stupid that Kid. Is, yeah. That those are those are the two beyond bangers on this record. Every and then the the next three are just they're normal bangers. Normal okay. bangers. They're I don't have any stinkers, but there are two songs. Actually, the last two songs really are the the ones that are are teetering on the edge of being a stinker because they're just they're unnecessary. They don't need to be on that record. They could have done a ten song record and it would have been perfectly fine. I perfectly yeah, I mean, fine. just like real quick because I don't want to talk about them too much. But trucks and trains, forgettable. I was yeah, I was definitely not interested in that whatsoever. I do like so crawl. I do like the idea of ending on a dance song. It makes the band seem more like a band rather mm. than like a Skeebs project. Which I mean, like Skeebs is is besides Blink, he's not like the extremely most successful member. But that's. I know that's kind of how I've always viewed Alkaline Trio is just like the Skeebs project. And I never even realized how much Dan sings. Like that was yeah. overall, that was really surprising to me. I was surprised by that too. I didn't, I didn't know that until maybe a few years ago when I was like listening to the Blink 155 pod and, and Sam on that pod, he was, he's a huge Alkaline Trio fan. And Josiah of course always makes fun of him. 
for that. But he, I remember him saying that he, he how much he liked the Dan songs and how he liked his singing so much. And then I looked into it and I'm like, oh shit, he has at least like three songs on every record. I had no idea he was a singer or he sang. Yeah. I always thought it was Skeebs. Yeah, so, so I, I I like the idea of ending the album on a Dan song. I think that's cool. That's a, that's a cool flex. I get it. Yeah. It's just the song's not that good. The song's not bad. Lyrically, <laughs> I... I the song Crawl, I like the, the lyrics on it. I like the metaphors he uses between, like, you know, alcohol being an alcoholic and then, you know, he kind of uses, he kind of compares it to, to the girl. And, like, I kind of like the, the, I actually like the lyrics on that one. But the music is just, it's just so meh. Yeah. Just, it doesn't, it doesn't go anywhere. Just like trucks and train, trains. I just, there's nothing. They're both very mid tempo type songs and, they're not super catchy and it's a lot of the same for those yes, two. Easily correct. could have just cut those out of the record and it would have been totally fine. Yeah. But I, I would agree with that. But yeah, so should we what do we what do we want to talk about? Do we want to talk about the song we already played? Well yeah, we gotta it? we gotta get into private that is my number one B on, on this okay, album good. too. Private Eye. It's um it's good. It's 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 a song that I that I haven't playlisted until like this week. I don't know why, because it is really good, and it's it's a fucking killer. Like everything about it is absolutely perfect, and like my favorite line, not because it's good, just because of how how kind of deeper it is, is from this album. I think like the, the so like the 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 line he where he says um, his sixth sixth sense, mm-hmm. like in the chorus part. I yeah. think that's like the coolest thing he's ever written. It's. It's it's so <laughs> rad. Not only is it just like really good alliteration, but it also sounds so much like he's saying six six six, which mm-hmm. is so dark and emo and fucking <laughs> stupid cheesy child punk. Like it's just it's so fucking fitting, but it's so subtle. He's not like shoving it in your face. It's 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 so cheesy, but it just he pulls it off so it works, well. It works well with his voice. Like he can he could present it well with his vocals because he, he doesn't, he doesn't, his vocals when he sings, he doesn't have like a cheesy singing voice. Like if you were to hear fucking, I don't know, Mark Hoppus sing it. Cause they kind of have like kind of similar vocal like ranges. Like hearing Mark Hoppus say that it would just be, to be so cheesy. Yeah. But knowing that it's Skiba and he has that, that, that melancholy sound to his voice. It's okay. It totally works. It totally works. Did you get the six 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 thing though when he was when he says that? Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Because I read like a bunch of different like several reviews and like nobody like ever really brought that up. And I, what I do you mean? Like like the six six senses. Like that sounds like he's saying six six six, and that's got to yeah. be intentional. But oh, nobody, it has to be. Oh yeah, totally. Nobody really brought it up. Like he's saying, like it sounds like he's saying six 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 here, and that's. Uh, like dude like the first fucking track on this album that's like that's got to be intentional and that's what all these little goth emo kids love yeah and and also kind of knowing skiba well i don't know him personally obviously not yet um <laughs> that sounds fucking weird yeah, but <laughs> what is wrong with me it's late uh but him he he was like he was very much into uh, satanism and An- anton levey and he was like an honorary member of the church of satan so it's like it kind of goes along with, you know, his beliefs or his, him trying to be different, you know. So it, it's not like outrageous for him to say that. It's very much in theme for his his character or his 
person, I guess you could say. Yeah, so good. It's, like, a great, it's a great song. I, I like, so like, first of all, there's perfect palm mutes here. There's, there's PPMs, yeah. right? Solid <laughs> pop punk drumming, heavy bass mm-hmm. drumming. And I like how Flume always has these loud cymbals in his parts. He does. Yeah. And I, like those really just are like the icing on the little cake. Cause this song is very, it's like dark pop punk. Yeah, I get. Yeah, that's that's a good way. Or emo, emo pop punk. I mean, like, like this we were this about song earlier. specifically is a perfect. Like, if somebody says, "What is Alkaline Trio about?" You could give them this song, and like, this is exactly what they are about. Unfortunately, their discography isn't nearly this good. But this is <laughs> no, what they're no, about. Not at all. Not at all. And I think another reason why. I mean, I guess I'll just bring it up now. But another reason why I feel like this band is so overrated is because there's nothing. There's like no lead lead guitar. There's no riff. There's no. There's nothing that really catches your attention. It's just there's nothing like the the catchiest thing might be the the vocal melody during a chorus. Yeah. Outside of that, like musically, you're never really gonna hear anything super lead based coming from Skiba. He's 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 through and through a rhythm guitar player. Yeah, and it's just oh, for like, sure. He's never been anything more than a rhythm guitar player. And unfortunately, I mean, that's kind of, I like a lot of, or I like some of the stuff he's done with Blink, but that's really what kind of has killed Blink over their last two records is that he's a rhythm player. He's never, like Tom is a lead guitar player and he, he relies on Mark to do all the rhythm parts. And it's, so it's just like bringing Skiba and it's just, you're, you're kind of getting all the same thing. There's nothing super interesting in Blink when Skiba's in the band. Yeah, I, I still... At least guitar-wise. At least still guitar just don't wise. fucking understand. It makes no sense, but... Yeah, I, I don't get it. They're you, just, you're right. Like, what, what, what Alkaline Trio lacks most are, is melody. They don't have, like, a lot of melody. Even, like, Private Eye, it's very, it's very bouncy. It's very staccato. It's, but there's, but it, it almost borders on just not even being, like, melodic. Mm-hmm. It's almost there, but a lot of yeah. the other songs are—they don't have a melody, and they're—it's—it's—they're it's, they're driven by like rhythm, and he's not like a great rhythm guitarist either. Like he's no like fucking Malcolm Young. He's not creating these amazing songs, rhythmly that are that are super catchy, and you can latch on to those things. It's a lot of the same three power chord song structures that we've heard a million times that Blink relied on for so many years, but they had Tom to overdub it and make some fucking rad, you know, high part. Yeah. Just, just have, just have a lead, have any sort of lead guitar, even if it's subtle, like you, you gotta, you gotta have, or have some sort of riff. Like there's no, in, I've noticed in alkaline tree, there's no like true guitar riff. It's just, it's all down. It's all fucking downstrokes, whether or not he's palm muting it or not. It's all downstrokes. That's all he does. And they're not like super fast, so it's not like exciting. It's all like kind of. It's almost like the same tempo in a lot of the songs. So you're just getting the same three to four chords, just all downstrokes. I don't know. It's just. It's a little. It's a little too much. It's. It's not bad because. It, it's it's still like, it's something just to kind of have on in the background. Sometimes that's kind of what I noticed with this band while I was listening to it this week. It was nice to have in the background. Because you didn't have to think too much when you're listening to it because it was a lot of the same. It wasn't just super complicated. Nothing really jumped out at me. But Private Eye is an absolute banger. Yeah. Getting back to that, <laughs> it's an absolute banger. 
even though it is so simple. It's like, wait, wait. See, even no, that's not a fucking catchy melody. <laughs> but it's only like three notes. He he does the, he does the the higher parts, and then he goes into that that I don't even know what he hits, but it, the the lower part, like on the sixth string, and it's it's so simple. It is it's, like all of the songs are very very simple, and I just I don't I just don't get why people like this fucking band. Yeah, and I mean I I mean we're obviously going to be talking about Blink more, but. I can understand why Skiba had a hard time learning Tom's parts. It, it totally makes, it makes way more sense now that I listen to Alkaline Trio because in the beginning, even Skiba said in interviews, like it, Tom, he, he would always say like Tom's parts. I don't know how to play like that. I didn't learn to play guitar like that. I don't, I had, he said he had to relearn how to play guitar just to play the Blink songs. Yeah, because Tom and now makes Tom is sense. Tom is sloppy. Like Tom is, has perfected so his own personal sloppiness, mm-hmm. but Tom is fucking sloppy. Like you hear in a lot of the lead, like maybe arguably like the most sloppy, fucking difficult thing to play. But like online songs, like that is. Like, oh yeah, that's why they don't fucking never played it. It's just it's too difficult, and <laughs> Tom couldn't do it. And it just it, like theoretically, it just sounds fucking sh- like shit. It shouldn't make. Mm-hmm. It shouldn't exist. It shouldn't make sense. <laughs> But it does for some reason. Because Tom, 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 Tom's doing Tom. Tom is doing Tom. Or even like, even throwing it back to Carousel, that song, his lead part in the beginning of that song, it's super sloppy. It's very sloppy. He's barely holding it together with, with Mark and Scott on that song. But he, he somehow does it. Like he barely holds it together and it, it's, it's great. <laughs> it's really great. And so I, I, yeah, it, Skiba has a hard time with it, unfortunately. But I mean, uh, it's just, I mean, honestly, like I, I've never heard anything Skibs do that like made me think, oh, he's actually a really good guitarist. Like, yeah, there's a lot never. of times where we have these pods and we think like, holy shit, I never knew like that drummer is that fucking good. Wow. But Skibs, there was no nothing at all. There was there on this record. There was only one member who I thought would impressed me more than I thought, and that was the drummer, Mike Falimli. He had some great drum parts, some um, really great fills, and just little little nuances to his playing that I, I mean, he was to me he was I wouldn't say he was the best part, but he was the part that impressed me the most with this one. Yeah, he's so he's definitely the, the most talented of them, because even if you listen to like when the stuff that he did with like the Smoking Popes, the Smoking Popes are also a very basic band on the surface, but they do have a lot of weird like chord changes. And a lot of like weird open chords that Josh will use, much like Chris Crabba would. But mm-hmm. like Mike Falumi is just a really fucking, he's just a really good drummer. And, and and he does a lot of really cool stuff. And then he did that Life in the Rock Room. Yeah, and, and he like, did, yeah. The, that YouTube video series and, and plays drums occasionally with random bands that will come in and he'll jam with them and stuff. And he keeps up with everybody. Yeah, it's pretty cool. It is pretty cool. And And kind of bringing it back to Private Eye too, uh, I didn't know this in, until this week when I was reading more about it. But uh, my okay, so Mike left the band right after they finished recording the record, and then they brought in Adam Willard to to fill in on the drums. But he only ever toured with him, and he was in one music video, and the music video was the one for Private Eye. It's just it's essentially just like a live video, yeah, just put stupid. to the to the song. It's stupid, but I had no idea Adam Willard played with with uh, Alkaline Trio. No fucking idea. That's crazy. And then and then not only that, 
he so it, it, all this all these connections so obviously adam willard played with with angels and airwaves and then he played with alkaline trio he also played with the offspring and then pete parada who also has been in the offspring for the last like 14 years also played with alkaline trio like all these bands are so interconnected it's wild it's it it's bizarre it's the it's, music the music world the music industry is so small but nobody thinks about it it's it's i don't know man it's kind of weird like a lot of these like adam willard is is kind of like a glorified session musician. Yeah. And that's not like a knock at all, but that's, no. that's kind of like what he is. And I mean, Josh freeze is like, like the, the most glorified session musician. And it's, it's mm-hmm. like these guys just make a fucking killing just doing like minimal work. And I just, I love it so much. It's so cool. Like that Especially has got to be the dream big. is to be a session musician. Like, why would you want to be a rock star when you can make as much money and do half of the work being just a session musician or a touring True. drummer? Oh, it's but so then, good. But then also when you think about it, you know, Adam Willard and Josh Freese have both played with like successful bands. You know, yeah. Adam Willard, you know, he, he, he kind of started with Rocket from the Crypt, like a classic kind of cult band. People love that fucking band. They're good, and that's that was his that was his start. And then Angels and Airways, for what it for what it's worth, you know they were they had a lot of success, and he did four records with them, and then he goes on to Against Me. He's done their last what two or three records. Yeah, and you know I mean he he's he's been successful not just as a studio music, musician but also as being a full time member, much like Josh Freeze too. Like he. He's been with Devo since 1992 or something like that. He's never recorded anything with them, but he's literally been with them for that long. The Vandals, he's been with for 30 over 30 years. You know, it's just at least those two guys have have made careers outside of their session work, which is really cool. Like uh, Josh Fries with a Perfect Circle as well. Those first two records, I don't like them, but those two records were huge from a Perfect Circle. People love that band. Session musicianship uh, so, is where it's at. That's the yeah, takeaway. It is, yes. So what do you got lyrically on Private Eye? Uh, I think this is about making excuses to push people away because you're addicted to the bottle, like finding reasons mm. to not have friends so you can just go home and drink. It's kind of the vibe I'm getting here. See, I, my my thoughts on this one are, are very different. It's I think it's like him being in a, like a relationship and being very paranoid and then constantly like watching what, his significant other or even like a friend is doing constantly and then just kind of accusing them of things, even though they're not doing anything wrong. And then that person ends, ends up just leaving them because they're just so out of their mind and paranoid. Then that's kind of what I got from this song. I mean, that's, that's, that's like the start of where I think, but I think it ends at the bottle. I think you find reasons. I mean, mean, we've been in relationships where like you just find fault in something. You just don't want to fucking do anymore. So you find yeah. reasons and that's like the private eye thing is like, I'm looking for reasons to hate you, but it's like, I don't really hate you. It's just, I don't want to be here anymore because I want to just go home and drink and be uh, replenish my addiction. I, I can see that. And considering what I, I mean, what I've read about Skiba too, is that he, you know, he, he has had issues with drugs and alcohol over the years. So, I mean, that would kind of go along with that. Right. I think a lot of these songs are about addiction and, things like yeah. that or at least you can you can you can make the comparison between you know alcohol or drug abuse as in 
you can compare that to like you know relationships so yeah i think they do a really good job of that actually i was i was surprised by a lot of these lyrics the lyrics lyrics were better than i thought they was going to be they weren't like the, they didn't blow me away but they were definitely better than i thought they were going to be kind of seems like a lot of people love the lyrics more than anything with this band well you have to because there's fucking no meat on those <laughs> instrumental bones there's nothing there it's like it's like listening to Elliot Smith, you know? It's just like, you're yeah, not, exactly. You're not really listening to him for his music, you're right. listening to him for his lyrics. Yep. That's kind of how I viewed this this week because there's nothing super extraordinary I feel about about it. I don't know. It's more about the feeling and kind of, I hate using the word, but the vibe of it all. The vibage. M- mixed with the lyrics. I feel like that's where it really is with this band. So, and we're, we're such new lyric men, so. But it's, it's hard I, for us. No, to because I for okay. So like this band from the late '90s, but again, they're not the only band to do like darker lyrics with more upbeat musical with music, and mm-hmm. they're not even the best at it. I mean, tons of bands I can think of. Fucking Death Cab started in the late '90s. Dashboard True. was right around 2000. Fucking. I'll take you back. Sunny was like 2002 ish, but even like my chemical romance was like early and they still did the same thing. So that's why I'm saying like, I mean, love them or hate them. My chemical romance still did the darker lyrics with the more upbeat music, much like our trio did. Yeah. They were catchier. Some of their songs were catchier, but then it's that, but see with my chemical romance, it's that, it's that musical theater thing that I just, the drama kid like sound that I, I, I fucking hate. Yeah. So that's what really just kills that band for me. Like even like the U's, man. The U's are like so much better than this band. I'm not even like a big U's fan. Oh yeah, they're totally better. But it's just like, dude, the Alkaline Trio. Like I, I hate to harp on this band so much, but fuck, they are so overrated. <laughs> they are. God, it's so irritating. And like even as yeah. I just go through my bangers here, it's just like I was trying so hard to pick things out that I thought were really good and stuff and like do I even really like this like on a subsequent listens would I really think it's as good I don't mm-hmm. know whatever what's your other what's your other beyond banger you're you're dead I think you Well you're... bringing it back to the used real quick just very very briefly uh my two records shipped out yesterday Oh did my they Final records yes they finally shipped out oh, yesterday Sigh of relief So yes I know so I have the I have the the tracking number but they're coming from Pennsylvania, so we'll see how fast they get here. So literally, like the almost like the farthest you can be from where I'm at in California. Yeah. So that kind of sucks. But anyway, just wanted to throw it out there because vinyl right now sucks. Well, you've been waiting so patiently too. I have months and months and months. Sick variants though. Five hundred of each. Only only five hundred pressed of each of those. So what what was your two B? I'm sorry. Oh uh, God! Well, Another innocent girl, Dan song, baby, girl. Dan song. Yeah, this is not a banger for me. Dan, this song. one is not a banger for me. So, what would you like about? It? Is it just because of Dan or what? Um, so the cool bassline under Dan singing, <laughs> I already like yeah. that melody. I th- I think it has a little more depth than some of the other songs. It's got the faster, happier parts, while the verses are reserved for a more uh, ballady type approach. <laughs> <laughs> with Skeeves throwing out like some lead high parts, which is great. Yeah. But overall, I think the song is 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 just like well thought out and structured. And and it would make sense that, you know, it's a Dan song and we get a really cool bass line going on here. Of course. But like the lyrics too, and like this is probably my favorite song on this album lyrically. 
And what I what I'm getting out of this is just like this. It's a sad, like cyclical relationship shit fest. Mm-hmm. He's he's been hurt bad before, so he's going to be a douche to all the girls he dates. And I love, yeah. like my oh, dude, this line is so good. I was I was like my my inner like fifteen year old emo pop punk kid came out, and I was just like, oh wow, bro, that's so tight. But that's not <laughs> the line when he says walks with a glass cane. Dude, that oh, is yeah. fucking rad. It is a perfect representation of this song and its meaning. Someone who is hurt, but who's trying to be careful at the same time, but also at the same time is just so incredibly fragile. Like that imagery is just, it's unbelievable stuff. Yeah, I, I like that. That one That one really stuck out to me too. It, and it makes sense. Like I, I agree with you on the, uh, you know, it uh, kind of like an, not abusive relationship, like, how that's cyclical but it just you know just mentally just or emotionally unstable relationships that this guy has but i i relate that more to his narcissism rather than rather than anything else because like he knows what he's getting himself into like he's like it's not something like he's like he's he's very aware of of how he is but he continues to do the same thing over and over again and like his shittiness over and over again so i feel like it's more of a narcissistic thing rather than just straight up like depression or just like ignorance so i feel like it's more i don't know it's more intentional like what he's doing which kind of fucks it's more fucked up but it's like it's like when people say don't hate you know the boy or girl or don't, don't hate the way i treat women or men hate the woman or man who made me like this yeah like it's that type of it's that type of uh sentiment yeah, I feel this song because about. I mean, that's true. That's true. But, but then it's like, at that. what point? At what point? Like, do you do you take responsibility for your actions? Like, you can only blame somebody else for so long. Like, you can't. I don't know. I think, like, especially with the relationships, because they are so like every relationship is so different, and even every day in a relationship is so different. It can sometimes yeah. be difficult to make those decisions. So you could be doing something subconsciously, little by little by little, and then over the course of a year, all the small things add up into a big thing. So <laughs> I was trying to be serious, and I threw that out and totally like diminished <laughs> everything I was saying. <laughs> but I couldn't help it. <laughs> that was really bad. That was <laughs> but you got it. <laughs> I did, of course, of course. Especially when you tried to actually sing it. Um, yeah. But... Should we should we play a little bit of another innocent girl? Yeah, just because I think I, I think the, the first I, f- I think the first twenty seconds is pretty boss. Okay, so so here's uh, here's another innocent girl from Talkland Trios. Likes to spill all of his guts 
There you go. Another innocent girl from Alkaline Trio. Mm. It's, I, dude, his voice, I just, I can't get into Dan's voice. It's, it's very pop punk. You know who he sounds like, like a lot? Who? He sounds like fucking Mike Herrera when Mike Herrera is, is singing. Oh, yes. Dude, he sounds like Mike Herrera a lot. Yes, you're right. <laughs> there were other, there, I don't remember what album it was. Might have been the one after this. Wait, what the fuck record is after this? Crimson? No, the one before Crimson. Fuck, what is the record after this? Anyway, hmm. I was listening to that one, and there were moments on that one that he reminded me of Panic of the Disco. His vocals did. It reminded me of Brendan Urie. Hmm. And I thought it was really gross. I hated it. Fucking Because <laughs> I can't stand Panic at the Disco. They're like, they're like, theat- they're like drama kid, theater, like, to the extreme, I, oh god, I hate it. That so album's much. good though. It's so no, it's frantic. It's it is good. so it's... frantic. It's fucking insane. Wait, it's... wait, wait. What fran- What's frantic? The, the panic. Yeah, oh. yeah. Oh no, it's terrible. What? Fucking terrible. No, dude. That when that dude, that was oh, that album's pretty. That, that a fever you can't sweat out. That that album. Oh, dude, that album's I, pretty damn good. I was, dude. I was forced to listen to that record so many times, and I, at Tower Records, we had to listen to that record. Only because like before like six o'clock we had to play certain record certain CDs and that was one of them and nobody who worked there wanted to play that CD like everybody dreaded it and it was terrible. That's because you and were a bunch the, of cool guys. You thought they were then, way too and then, cool. And, by, and then after we we were allowed to stop playing it, I remember one guy went over and just like broke the CD in half and just like broke it into pieces. Yeah, yes, it's pretty good. It's not it's a not good. Terrible. It's not a good record. Anyway. Another innocent girl. Uh, what, do, you, do we have anything else on this one, or, or what do you think? No, that's that's all I got. So that was your number two. That's wild. Love it. That's wild. So my my number two is "Stupid Kid," the uh, the second best song on this record. Oh. Second best Alkaline Trio song, I should say. That intro is fucking blink. Like that's straight up blink. No, you know. Yeah, that that intro is. I don't fucking think blink. so. It's so blink. It's so blink. It's not even funny. No, I, like I really don't. I don't. I don't see that. I don't see that at all. You should because it is like these guys clearly listened to Blink or like, oh, tight. We should do something like that too. Or they then, or they toured with Blink because they were friends. And then they and then they tried to do it and they it came out like stupid. So I mean, it stupid gave my four like B. Yeah, it does. Well, it totally does. I don't. I don't. That dun, dun, it, the 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 quick low and then the the high chord progression right there how do you the not, higher chord like how the fuck do you not think that I mean, you should just play it and then we can argue about it after i mean that's you really, that, way, that way people can argue with us oh my god okay here, here's a here's stupid kid from alkaline trio nothing's used to make me smile one of them was you for just a little Day it's 
There you go, stupid kid from Alkaline Trio. I, I don't hear the blink at all. So you got to understand, this is not a band that can do blink, but yeah, if Blink was even... doing that song, Tom would be palm meeting and throwing out high parts and then doo 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 doo, but like this, this is a this is a this is, dude, this is a song where they're trying to replicate Blink, but they suck at it. That is it. Oh no! <laughs> ah. Even then, I, I I really tried the the only the only thing I could think of that that could have sounded like Blink at this time would have been in the verses like Dennett. Done it and just kind of like the the starting and stopping of the guitar, and then Skiba singing over it like that would be like the closest I could I could even close the connection. Especially I could even being make. like one of the most pop punk things they've done up until now. Like their first first album is like yeah. nothing pop punk whatsoever. But I mean, this is this is right around like the Toy Page era, and so Blink yeah. has already been you know Enema has already come out, and then yeah, like Tom's starting to fuck around with some of these. These high parts with, should come out already too. With with palm meeting under it, and that's what this song is. But he can't do it. So instead of doing the, the do, 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 he just says maybe okay okay. I kind I kind of see what you're saying now. I kind of see what you're saying now. Yeah, I mean it's okay. So the, the, it's not the, like exactly like blink. Yeah, no, yeah, you're right. The the way you broke it down that that makes more way more sense now. It's a guy who's trying to replicate like the sound that he likes Tom doing. But he just he just can't fucking do it, and so it's like he's playing the the rhythm part to Tom's lead part in in like a in a pop yeah. song off of Toy Page. Yeah, that's like what if, he's doing. Yeah, if this was a if this was a Blink song. That that part would be the rhythm part, and Tom would throw some cool like palm mutant picking over it. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Okay. I to- I'm totally in line with you now. I totally understand what you're saying now. But you I don't do, do that it. often. I I don't do that often. I don't agree with you like that, or I don't switch sides that often but that was a good point a good point you made because all your ideas are fucking trash and you think well, they're like, not you're like a balladman now for some reason i don't <laughs> understand not. that it I'm scares cl- me clearly for like clearly there's not a the next like p or picks that we're doing pod the pod's oh, the pod's don't add no, that we're not doing pod Ooh. no 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 let's listen we're we're, we're, we're we're getting off track Ooh, okay stupid right. kids good right. this is my 4b i i think this is I don't think the vocal melody is super strong, but there's enough there, and the band throws out like all of the good pop punk tricks, and so mm-hmm. I think that's what makes this song really work. It's childish sounding, but it's full of energy, it and it matches the lyrics very well. And I think it's I think it's really good. There are also parts in the verses where where Dan throws in like a weird bass note, just a weird a weird thing, just like it kind of like bends the note, but it's it doesn't go in line with anything else. It's like a nice little like flare to everything else to everything else in the song which I, I thought was really was really rad but and then also like kind of the 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 way the in the chorus when it was i was just a stupid kid back then that is so pop punk the way he he lets the the notes ring out with every every um like kind of word right there yeah it was really good it was very good and very pop punk yeah like that that is some iconic stuff like yellow card made a fucking career off of doing stuff like that yeah, and so yeah. given that this is yellow card started getting big around this time, but like it's just I don't know. It's it, I understand why people like this band. I just don't understand why people love this band. They they're like a they're a filler band. They're they're a band to kind of like I said earlier. They're they're kind of a band that's good to throw on kind of in the background. Just you don't have to pay attention to it. You could just you're enjoying it. You're just enjoying it. Yeah, you know that that's kind of how I feel about it. 
but uh what do you got lyrically on this one uh i thought this is this this was a song about the singer being hurtful after getting hurt like the, yeah. the chorus is childish and representative of like the current mental state of the narrators immature insecure just being a dick cuz someone was a dick to them and I, I I agree with you there, but I feel like also it's him saying because because in the chorus he said I was just a stupid kid back then, so it's him kind of it's kind of his his immaturity saying like I was a stupid kid back then, but now I'm now I'm smarter now I'm more mature now, but when in actuality he's not, like he 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 just says he is just to to make himself feel better, oh. but he's still the same he's still the same person, and it's just going to be like a cycle of of just him getting hurt because he's not maturing that's kind of what i get from it yeah i took that i was just a stupid kid back then for him just not even owning up to his mistakes saying like yeah i was just a stupid kid back then don't worry about it i've grown up now well, it's like well you still did what you did but you can't you can't deny that oh so, yeah but i was you know it's in the past it's like well no you still need to address those problems <laughs> yeah but that that's not that's not i don't feel like that's the case in this in this song overall i think it's just a lot of immaturity getting through yeah. the song yeah and a lot of parts of this record too there's you could there they were younger you know you can kind of you kind of see that in the in some of the lyrics too still good though still great so uh so yeah that's my number two stupid kid so then what's your three b uh armageddon let's armageddon, armageddon. on baby stupid that's my five b that's my five b okay so Good. what do you got about this one fast punk intro go right it's fun <laughs> yeah <laughs> never lets up it really never lets up and and fucking like you know this song like this is a popular song by them and i fucking totally forgot about this Was song it? yeah did you ever play uh fucking um tony hawks oh it was on it was on it was on one of the tony hawk games like underground like pro or skater fours or like one of the side projects I think or something was, like that Project? yeah i think it was tony hawk underground yeah yeah it was yeah, tony hawks underground yeah was it i mean it was no it was, sure it was. Underground. it was tony hawks underground yeah yeah yeah, yeah. But no, dude, yeah. this yeah, I totally forgot about this song. And and this was this was like a nice treat for me. And I, I listened to it and I was like, oh fuck yeah. Cause I knew it, of <laughs> course. And I was getting into it and I was like, oh, this is so rad. But even like like the song itself is really good. But I did have like one critique that I thought would make this song fucking maybe even like top banger. But mm-hmm. when they're singing like the Armageddon part. Yeah, they need a backup Armageddon after the Armageddon. Like you need an offset harm there, because he and okay. he eventually does scream Armageddon, Armageddon, but that's later. You need like a normal Armageddon, and then right after that, you need Skeebs like coming and screaming Armageddon. That would be yeah, so would fucking be cool. That would be good, but then it could it could very well, you know, dip into the realm of like John Feldman, because because remember how like Skiba does that on that Blink record. Yeah, California. Yeah, and it sounds really bad. Like it, it, it could go either way. Really, dude. Could. I, 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 I just thought that was like a lost opportunity. And Skeebs, he has a decent screaming voice to where it's, 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 it's meaningful. It's not just screaming to scream. There's some kind of like meaning behind. There's emotion behind it. He's a very emotional dude. So there's yeah. definitely emotion behind his screaming, even though his screaming isn't great, but. I like his screaming because it's unique to him because it's not that good and there's a lot of emotion behind it. So damn, I really wish there was some there was some screaming Armageddon's there. And with this song too, I there is a part that I that I I thought was really great and it was at the end. It was during the outro, 
the last chorus, they kind of change it up a little bit and he sings louder. He sings a bit more rough and just there's a bit more grit in his voice. And I feel like that was a great way to end the song because like I said earlier, the song never lets up. It's just, it's like going, 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 going. And then to end it that way is really good. And I would also kind of like, I feel like the chorus is on like the melody in the chorus is like on the verge of being cheesy, but it barely holds it there. And then kind of that, 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 I guess that contrast between that kind of cheesy chorus and then that very gritty outro, I thought was really, really good. There's, there was a lot of there. I feels like there's a lot of layers to this song more so than, than you would think considering it's such, it's like the fastest song on the record. Yeah. But there's more going on here than I feel almost every song on this record. You know, you're right. And there's and then there's other parts where it's just like Skeeb singing and then ringing out his guitar chords. Yeah. And it's 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 like the fastest song, but then he still can slow it down. The pace keeps going and instead of like hitting those those sixteenth notes, he's just hitting that one, letting it ring out and then jumping right back into it. And it's just mm-hmm. those little those little subtle like nuanced things I think that 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 can make this band really, really good. They just never they never get better. Yeah, they they rarely and they rarely ever use the little tricks, you know. They got to use the the tricks more and like expand on those. Like they never they they haven't really evolved much in their sound. Like maybe added more pop puck elements, like on uh, on the "My Shame Is True," and like they 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 did they did a good job of combining like the the old and new style. Like I was saying on the last episode, but yeah, they they just do a lot of the same shit. And they they rarely ever evolve. It's a shame. Yeah, Shame. that's that's really true. They just, this band doesn't evolve for better or worse. Like I would even, I would be, I would even be okay. If they took on a new approach and it's like it sucked, but at least like it was something. And it's not like it's not like a band like Bad Religion, who have literally done everything, like everything's been the same. But it's like consistently, it consistently catches your attention. Like you're, you're always intrigued by it. But there, there's a lot of moments with Alkaline Trio where I don't feel that way. Yeah. I'm not what do you got on the lyrics on this one? Uh, this one's a little confusing for me. I don't know if I even I I I I was I don't know. I I th- I thought it was just like knowing something is coming to an end, like the Armageddon is coming, and mm-hmm. you're you're either scared or you don't want it to happen or you're in denial of it. Because towards the end, like the, the whole like the bridge we sink part, we sink, we sink. Mm-hmm. Like I didn't understand if I mean even I may be even totally wrong, but it was like I don't know, man. Like, our, is is the relationship coming to an end, and we both don't want it to happen? Because there are times in this in this album where he's 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 singing about a relationship ending, but you get the feeling like somebody's just moving away. So just mm-hmm. by proximity alone, the the relationship has to end. But this seems like two people maybe don't want it to end, but then they're both they both know it's going to end. I don't know, yeah, and they're and they're both unhappy. I, I'm I was confused with this one as well, and I, I've my thing on this one was that it this is this is them knowing that they're going to break up, especially him, and he's kind of like come comes he's kind of come to terms with it, but he wants that like one last like moment of intimacy or that one last moment of being together before it actually ends, and that's kind of what I what I that's kind of what I get here. Like that, that last moment before the death of the relationship and the death of the relationship is Armageddon. So you have that last moment of, of like bliss before everything dies. Okay. That's yeah, kind that, of what I got with there. That makes sense. 
Like one that one that one last hurrah. Yeah. This one that one was a little bit confusing for me as well. There were a couple songs on this this record where lyrically I was a little I just didn't really know what to think and this is definitely one of them. So <laughs> Yeah. All right, so Armageddon was your 4B, right? Yeah. Okay. Uh and that was that was that's all the bangers you have, right? Um yeah, cuz Stupid Kid was my 4B. Armageddon was my 3B. Oh, that was your 3B. Okay, so we haven't done my 3B yet. Right. Okay, so so mine is uh Take Lots with Alcohol. Was that their third song? No, f- yeah, third Dang. song. Third song. Take Lots with Alcohol. Um that it was the the drum intro. It got me much like a lot yeah. of this record the the drums got me and then it, it goes into this like straight up pop punk song it was really cool and then i was kind of confused whether or not it was skiba or dan singing because it really could be skiba doing like gritty vocals but then it doesn't think, sound like dan it's weird i think it's dan because i mean strictly based off of like the wiki and it's it said it mentioned something about like oh Dan takes lead vocals and then listed a bunch of songs. This was listed next to Dan, but with was no it? citation okay. or anything. So okay, then that makes sense. So this is take the, that for what it's worth. Surprisingly, I like this song, and he did a really good job vocally on it. Because like I said, I'm not a big fan of of Dan's vocals, uh, but no, this one this one was a good pop punk song. <laughs> I was very very surprised. Yeah, it was it was good. I I don't know. It, it, should I play a little bit of it? Do you want to talk about how you feel about it or what? Whatever you want to do, kid. I can talk about it. Whatever you want to do. What what do you think about it? What do you think about it? I think it's fantastic. This is, I have two songs that, that I, I, so like this is almost a banger. Mm -hmm. And then I have another song, my five B, but this was almost a banger. Um, I don't even know why I actually have no negative notes on it. So I don't know why I didn't put it as a banger, but I I, I like, I do like the drum intro. I think it's fucking cool. And it's, it's weird because, this is that's not something that like alkaline trio does they don't show off a lot no and so put, putting the drum intro in there was 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 weird but it transitioned so damn well and became so bouncy and fun but then like this song is is dressed up to be super fun and bouncy but it's so dark and like theme and yeah, the contrast definitely. is just it's perfect it's perfect contrast on this one and that palm mute that- part dude the palm mute oh oh <laughs> It's really so good. good. It's really it's good. It's so good. But then a lot of bands also do the do the whole contrast of the the up tempo song with depressing lyrics. Yeah, My it's, Chemical Romance. Sure. Yeah, it's a it's a very uh, it's a very. No, there's a lot of bands that do it. Like, like Under Oath does it. My My Chemical Romance. Fucking Dashboard. Death Cab. No, but their but their music's more depressing. It's not like peppy and stuff like that. Not Transatlanticism. That's oh, there's a lot of there's a lot of peppy stuff on there. I guess. All right, I'm gonna play a little bit of a taste. Or take lots with alcohol. So here we go, Malcolm Trio. Yeah. 
There it is. Take lots with alcohol. From the Alkaline Trios. Lots. It's not even like the catchiest chorus or anything like that. But nah. it's... It's it's the instrumental know, it's melody. The, it the, is. the instrumental melody is stronger than the vocal melody. Yeah, and it's such like a, it's such an easy like riff that dennet. It's just that dennet, 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 It's it's so simple. It's very very simple, except for the drumming. The drumming is the only like complicated part about this song. It works though. It works really well. And hearing Dan sing almost like out of his vocal range was it's good. I I, I thought it sounded really good and. It's the best thing he's done on this record, vocally at least. It's good. It's good stuff. Yeah, I would, I would, I would agree with that too. Uh, so, what do you have lyrically on this one? This was this was kind of unique because this was this was the only song that were like given a script, kind of mm-hmm. like it was a script style ly- lyrical delivery. Like, there's a setting, there's characters, there's dialogue on this one. It's it's not just like inner thoughts. There's like you're following something. Mm-hmm. And this is, I thought this was about him or the narrator singer not knowing how to handle his feelings. He's, he feels like he's been cut up or emotionally kicked around and doesn't know, doesn't even know what it's like to feel normal again. And I think that kind of goes along the lines of living your life like it's scripted, going through the motions, doing things, saying things that you don't even know why you're doing it because it, it feels almost like you're just supposed to just do it and. There's no there's no emotion left. I think I took my lyrics more at face value on this one because I, I, I understand what you're saying, but I I viewed it also like he he's just a wildly depressed person. He knows that, you know, nothing is going to really make him feel better except for medicating himself, whether that be self-medication or or medication through through a doctor. Like he just wants to feel nothing. He wants to feel numbness. He wants he he's contemplated suicide but he's not ready to to do that or he doesn't he's too afraid to do that so he just wants to be completely numb to everything so he's he's kind of like reaching out kind of in a way to just say like just make me a zombie just make me not feel anything don't like get rid of the hurt and the the sadness that's that's kind of what i got with this one okay it's good it's a great song it really is yeah. a great song. And I've noticed too the the Dan songs lyrically, I kind of like his lyrics better than Skiba's. I feel like they're they're they're, they're deeper, they're they're more sentimental, and some of the wordplay and metaphors I feel at times are better than Skiba's. Yeah. There there's there's just more there. Yeah. Yeah. I, I he agree. really he really puts himself, his his personal life or his personal feelings out out on the line way more so than I feel Skiba does. Or at least like his deeper feelings, I guess you could say. But yeah. it's it's lyrically, I, I think it, it was it sends a strong message, that's for sure. And I, I think it's great. I think it's really great. So um, that was my 3B, and your 4B was Stupid Kid, right? Stupid Kid. Okay, and then my 4B was Steamer Trunk. Or is it Truck? Trunk? I don't fucking know. I put Trunk. Yeah. That's um, interesting. It is good. I, I, with this one, I got... This is like a, a much more upbeat song, uh, especially in the intro and chorus. It kind of double times in the chorus, which is cool. Um, some, some some really subtle harms, which they don't do very often, like we've talked about in the chorus. And it's it's catchy. And that bridge, I don't know if you wrote anything about that bridge in this song. but Where it picks up? 
it picks up, but it is so yeah. blink from Toy Page. It's <laughs> it almost sounds like they 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 lifted like the worst bridge bridge from that song and put it in the song. It was very. It seems like it was very much inspired by that that record, which was cool. I enjoyed that one. But do do you have anything else on this one, or do you even want to play it? Like I'm kind this of is not. I mean, we can play if you want to play it. This is not one of my one of my bangers. I like the way Skeeb sings in this one. Mm-hmm. I like the way it picks up the pace. I, I think that's well enough. There's some cool bass lines and some cool bass fills, but overall, I thought I thought it was okay. Okay, that's fair. That's, right. that's fair. I mean, I, we, I, we don't have to play it or anything, but I thought it was it was probably the most closely prior to doing this episode. I feel like this is the closest thing to Blink that they did on this record and then after you brought up that stupid kid stuff that that makes perfect sense i totally i'm on board with that so uh yeah so that that's my number my number four lyrically though um this one was kind of dark it actually was very dark it was kind of him him being with somebody uh who had been molested or traumatized like sexually traumatized growing up and it was it was his own it was his feelings on how he should how he should, you know, react to her feelings and how he sh- how he should treat her, and his co- his own conflicted mind with it all, and it was an interesting viewpoint because it's normally like, let's just show sympathy for the person who's gone through that, or it's like an autobiographical thing, like the person being traumatized themselves, like the narrator being traumatized. But in this instance, it was somebody who is completely taken out of that and ha- and is involved with somebody who has been molested and. It, it was. I thought it was. I thought it was really interesting. A very interesting viewpoint on on the situ- a horrible situation like that. Yeah, I, I I also think like like what made this lyrically really good was him. Like I got, he didn't know how to deal with it. He yeah. didn't. He didn't know how to act around the person. He didn't know if he was supposed to act nicer or, or whatever, or overly nice, or he didn't know how to act around the person, and thus treating the person differently. But then he knew he was doing it. And so I, I think that's a very, like, that's got to be a very common thing that everybody goes through when dealing with people who have gone through trauma. Yeah. Like, how do we deal with these things? And that's not like a fault or anything. It's just we don't we don't talk about it enough to know how to deal with it. And this is like 2001, man. So this is pretty, you know, this is pretty, uh, what do you call it? This is uh, ahead of a time a little bit. It was. Because him. Him talking about this because I feel like people at this time were less likely to talk about things like this, or like traumatic right. exper- experiences that they had had. Like a lot of people at the time, it seems, kind of you know, put it out of their mind and they kind of just were moving on with their life to an extent. Like nowadays, everybody talks about everything in their life, which is which can be a very good thing. But I feel like nowadays it's become very much more commonplace for people to express or to to talk about traumatic experiences like this but back then it was like it was almost taboo i don't know you it's i that's why i just think it's it's such an interesting song hearing it from this point of view i i, I thought that was really interesting because yeah, yeah cause you, you never you, you don't know how to you never you don't know how to react to shit like this especially if you've never experienced it yourself it's yeah hard. it's it's very difficult so i think i thought that was that was interesting like that point of view is just never like talks about and it's just it's just very interesting like we don't like it when songs are dealing with somebody who was in a relationship with somebody else who's been abused it's always very sympathetic and that's pretty mm-hmm. much it it's never 
like I don't know what the fuck I'm supposed to do. Mm-hmm. Like that's never that never comes up. I, I can I can't even think of a time like even still today where anybody does a song where they don't know how to deal with somebody. It's always sympathetic. Yeah. And and normally and, and in some cases you would you would kind of fault the narrator in this saying like, Well, you should be sympathetic. But then he doesn't present it in a way like, let's feel bad for me. He he presents it in a way like, I just don't know what to do. And it's just it's yeah. just out of pure just like almost like confusion and just it's a form of sadness but it's not it's not like woe is me it's not selfish it's just i don't know what to do and so you you don't so you feel bad for the narrator almost as much as you do for the person who's been traumatized because neither know how to react it's it's very conflicting and you're right like like he's not he's not doing it for to for you to feel bad for him because there's like one of the lines he says, my short-term memory is gone, but my long-term is far from dead. Mm-hmm. I took that to mean, like, we don't have to talk about this all the time because I don't really want to talk about it because I don't know how we, how to even approach this, yeah. but I'm not going to forget. I yeah. am here. I'm not going to forget what happened. So when when you're ready to talk about it, we can, but we just don't have to do it right now. That's a good, that's a good interpretation of that line. That, 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 was, that was good. That was a good one. And it's just like, this, this was a really well-written lyric song and I, I i was i was really kind of like blown away by how how honest this was like this yeah. is incredibly honest very very vulnerable too and very um just putting it all out there this is this is one of my my favorite songs lyrically on this record because it is so different and like we were saying it no other i've never i mean we're not really lyric men but i've never really come across a song that's that's from this kind of viewpoint it's no, very that's true. I, I can't think of one. Yeah, and it's and then and then on top of that, this is another one of the songs where the song itself is faster. It's upbeat. It's it's poppier. It's more pop punk. And then we have like some of the most like conflicting kind of sad lyrics on the entire record. <laughs> so it, it's just that it's that contrast once again that kind of gets you on this one, but. You know, I this is this song is really good. I'm gonna. I, I think I may even bump this up because now I'm just like reading my <laughs> notes, and I did write a lot of notes in the lyrics, and just the whole idea of the like the trunk, right? Yeah. Like you're you're he he says your secrets are locked away in my trunk. Like, like being in a position where somebody trusts you enough to give you their darkest secrets, and mm-hmm. I'm assuming that the person who was who was uh, hurt is telling Skeebs this in confidence like maybe they've never told anybody before but they yeah. feel comfortable enough with Skeebs and Skeebs knows that like he knows like holy fuck this person's never told anybody except for me mm-hmm. like that's a lot of weight on my shoulders too yeah, but it's, it's never big, presented it's like word. that it's always just it's always sympathetic but also confused and mm-hmm. it's it's so human it's so human it's never ever talked about even today that's true yeah totally right damn this is Damn, Skeebs. This is good. Should I, play, should I play a little bit of Steamer Trunk? We gotta, we gotta play it <laughs> okay. now. I know, after all that. So, so here it is from the Alkaline Trios.
there you go, Steamer Trunk from Alkaline Trio. I I had to play a, play it a little bit longer because I wanted to get to that bridge where it's so blink. It's so <laughs> fucking blink. I love it. I love it to death. But that that that's that's a great song, musically, lyrically. It's it's really good, really really good. Definitely a, a banger on this one. So that's that's what I got for this. Um, we talked about my five B. That was Armageddon. I think we talked about your five B already too, right? Uh, your dead was was the other one. Oh, was that, that was like okay. my? Yeah, yeah. That 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 wasn't a B for me. You're dead. <laughs> that's not reminding me of plus forty four too. Like so, some of the, like the delivery, and if you just kind um, of uh, like well, technoed up the drums a bit, like that guitar part reminded me a lot of plus 44 i can see that with the drums because like in plus 44 travis plays a more a much slower heavier sound than he ever did even on boxcar racer he didn't really play like that dark that dark heaviness like he did on plus 44 but that's how this song is to me like this is the heaviest thing that they did on this record and that, that 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 guitar tone i don't know like the plus 44 guitar tone like you hear in lycanthrope and like that, it's almost like annoying. It's it's like it grates on you. That guitar mm-hmm. tone, I it's 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 here too. Yeah, and also in even like Dan, he does this like weird little thing on the bass uh, during the verses too. That it, it's just like another little like nuance that he adds to the, to his bass line that I thought was pretty cool in the verse. Yeah, but I, I I honestly my favorite part of this song was was the drums because they're they're just so heavy and they add so much depth to the actual the song itself i think i think it was killer and then considering what the song lyrically is about or at least i think it's about it's a it's a dark song and it's like skiba questioning his almost like his what's his religion and what he believes in spiritually and like him pretty much saying like why why do the good people die and the shitty people shitty assholes are still around causing more mayhem and havoc like why? Like why in a in a just universe? Why is that happening? Like, I don't know. I, I thought that. I mean, it, it's it's almost like kind of high school because that's kind of like how everybody is when they start discovering like, oh, there's stuff outside of what we were taught growing up in religion, and then you start questioning everything. Like that, it's kind of high school and kind of adolescent, but it yeah, makes sense. This is growing up. Yeah, just like in you know, Blink Song, damn it. I guess, I guess you up. see it growing up. That's, That's a great <laughs> riff right there. That is a riff. That is a riff. <laughs> so what what do you got on this one on your dead? Oh no, that was that was it. Yeah, it's about someone not being in your life anymore, and and like everything is just crashing down. Your whole world is crumbling, and you know, okay. kid stuff, I guess. I wouldn't say kid stuff. It's just it's kid stuff. It's like it's like a coming, not a coming of age. What am, I don't know what it is. It's like the beginning of you questioning, you know, life. This is this is what kind of everybody goes through when they start questioning what happens after death or what happened or like what's really important in life. You you begin to question like why do certain these certain things happen when everything is supposed to be good and I don't know. It's a young person thing. And you, then you just realize everything's fucked. It's a young man's game. Yeah. Yeah. Do we? Do we? Should I play? You're you're dead. No, it's. I mean, it's, yeah. Whatever. It's fine. It's fine. You sure? 
Okay. We've already played all the good ones. We've already played all the good yeah, ones. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. Let's we not played, let's not end it on like a non high note. True. We we played quite a few um quite a few song more more songs than I thought we would play. But anyway, yeah. <laughs> I really I thought we were gonna play like maybe three or four songs. But no, this is this ended up being a bit longer than I thought. That, so, that is true. There was way more positivity than I thought there was going to be. <laughs> Even though we did some shit talking, but I mean, come on, you, you kind of—they deserve it. Yeah, I mean, yeah, they do. So Didn't Jerry Finn mixed the album. I know, right? Isn't that crazy? And he did some of like, the even more too. Even more like Blink uh, crossover. Yeah, because with, with this came out in September of two thousand one, so he so so Jerry Finn went from doing Toy Page straight into this. Yeah, like like literally, he probably went from the from Toy Page to this, nothing in between. From producing, mixing Toy Page, and then to mixing this and singing back up on I forgot what song, but yeah, it's it's wild to me how much Jerry Finn was involved in this kind of like era of music, like like from like nineteen ninety eight to two thousand seven or two thousand eight, that ten year gap, like what he did for music, like pop punk or just like rock music in general, was was just so so important. crazy it was so important because not only did he just like he worked from with bands like like from blink 182 to tiger army he worked on he worked on a fucking tiger army record like th- <laughs> those two bands right there just wildly different and it's it's such a shame that he died so young and because he could have done so he could have done so many cool things had he not yeah done. like yeah. Uh, just imagine because you know you know if he was alive when Blink got back together, they would have gone with Jerry Finn again. Yeah, I mean, he would have had some things to say too. And Absolutely. Blink would, you know, like Blink would may Blink may not be what they are today. Yeah, I mean, like that's, un- unfortunately, we probably wouldn't wouldn't have gotten Neighborhoods because I do love that record. But then we also definitely would not have gotten uh, California or Nine. Like that would have been a plus. Like I, I would, I would. You know, Ooh, you'd sacrifice neighborhoods. I would sacrifice that. neighborhoods and dogs. Damn. I would sacrifice <laughs> neighborhoods and dogs to not have California at night. Those yeah. are big words. I know. Those are and, big and words. Neighborhoods is my second favorite Blink record, and I'm saying that that that's that's wrong because but, okay. because I know because I know like if they worked with Jerry, Jerry, after <laughs> <laughs> if they worked with him after Tom had come back, like there could have been some really rad things going on. That could have been better. That might have been better than neighborhoods. Definitely better than California at night. No, so, you you're you're onto something there for sure. So I'd be willing to 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 sacrifice that in an alternate universe. <laughs> but anyway, um, so let, let's get into our final thoughts and then our rankings with a three point rating system where three is a perfect album, two is a good album. You're going to continue to listen to maybe even buy the vinyl. Uh, one is a bad album, but you give it a shot, and zero is a trash fire. So what do you got? This is, uh, you know, this is, man, it's weird. Cause, cause even like this week I was so, so torn back and forth as to if I like this or not. And this, I mean, I listened to this like five times, I think. <laughs> yeah. And like the first time I, th- I was like, yeah, this is kind of lame. And then I did the listen through and I was like, okay, sequencing is a little bit better. And the third and fourth times it was pretty lame, and then the fifth time is really good. And then talking about it, I think it's really good. So 
it's weird, man. This is a very this is a very bizarre album that I can't I can't quite pinpoint exactly how I feel about it. Yeah. But I do like it. It is definitely above a two. It's 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 probably gonna sit right around a a two point four for me. I don't know if I can go as high as a two point five. That's way higher than I thought. <laughs> That's way there are higher. some there are some really good things in this. I mean, this there there is a lot of like I like this style of music. There are a lot of things here that I like this is my this is my shit. And the mm-hmm. blend of like the emo stuff that I like, the more melancholy dashboard and get up kids aspect blended with the more pop punk stuff of this era together it should be a home run. But more often than not with this band it's just fucking trash and it's just not good. But you know this is this is good. This is fine. This is this is a good this is a good album of its time, but it still holds true today. And there's a lot of good parts to it, and I like it. So I'm gonna do 2.4, but I'm gonna say too that Alkaline Trio still is way overrated, and <laughs> I don't know why anybody should love this band. This band is a this is a good band that made a couple good records, and should be taken as that only. All right. So um, so my final thoughts on this one. This is, uh, I got into this band super late, like I said, 2009. And, and I, I've, I've always liked this record from here to the infirmary. I never thought anything was super great about this album. I've always enjoyed it. I've, I've gone back to it here and there. Um, and then after, after going through everything, I've, I've learned to appreciate this record a lot more. And also some of the records are, are pretty damn good. Like, like my shame is true. Great record. Um, I don't understand that. <laughs> so, but there, there are some absolute. There, there. Like I said, there are a couple beyond bangers on this one. All they're always on my playlists. So that it's just there's some great moments. But then there's just some like like I said on the verge of stinkers being the last two songs, and then like you said too, this this episode made me kind of rate this this album higher than I normally would have, and that's awesome because that's kind of what's cool about the podcast is that we, 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 we talk about it and then we end up liking shit more than we would have initially thought. And that's yeah. cool. So, and that it, it happens like maybe like once a month or once every several episodes where like, I, I won't, I'll think something of a record. And then when, after we talk about it, I like it way more than, than before. And this is one of those, those instances. So originally I would have given this record a 2.2, 2.25. But now I'm I boosted this one up to a two point five. Dang. Yeah, so I'm I'm definitely gonna get this record on vinyl, probably the record store day release, unless it's I mean, like yeah, that's 40 fucking bucks. no, it's twenty it's twenty two ninety nine. Is it really? Okay, yeah, they, yeah definitely gonna yeah. get it. So so yeah, that, that's what I got. So I got two point five on this one, and um, it's good stuff. I mean, this is the last the last Blink related band that we've we've done we've done transplants we've done angels and airwaves plus 44 we've done boxcar this is the last of the the blink the other blink bands so that's kind of cool it it took us a long time but we did it we finally did it yeah this this one was definitely a long time coming (laughs) i know and i don't know i'm surprised we have we hadn't done it earlier because we even did simple creatures i can't believe we did simple creatures 
before we did this. <laughs> I need to, I need to re-listen to Simple Creatures because I did I did hate it when they came out. Then I listened to it after Nine came out, and then I like Simple Creatures more. So I'm I'm wondering if I still think the same way. You liked or it if when I we, fucking hate it. You liked it when we did it on the podcast. I I thought it and was it I thought mad. it was I, I thought it was funny because it was just like a boy so and like stupid. his idol hanging oh. out together making music. It's so embarrassing. It's so embarrassing. Oy. <laughs> Oy, I hate it. Oh, God, it's bad. You, but you should listen to those EPs because they're bad. Um, so, yeah, we, do we have anything else to say? No, 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 no. All right, That's well, it. yeah, so so go to, you know, uh, Apple Podcasts, go to Podcast Addict, go anywhere where you can rate, review, and subscribe to us because that's, that's the most important thing. Uh, also, social media, at Asinine Radio, get into that. Keep listening. Thank you all for listening. And, uh, yeah, that's it. That's all. And it was exciting. I, I really liked how like exciting. You're a fucking piece of shit ballad, man, is what you are. I don't understand. This is a joke. Are you joking me right now? No, I'm not. And Clover. Oh my god. Their fifth record. So my shame is true is your second favorite Alkaline Trio album. Because I mean, you're a fucking be. cuck balladman. It might be. I don't know. I hope it is. I I oh dude, I'm my head will like <laughs> literally explode if it's your number one album. Uh, I don't even know why we're here. Uh we're here because of the pod, obviously. We do it we do but, it for our this? fans. We do it for our fan. Come on. We shouldn't have any fans that really love Alkaline Trio. <laughs> <laughs> Half of our fans just get up and leave. I know, probably. <laughs> like my, oh, dude, this line is so good. I was, I was like my my inner like fifteen year old emo pop punk kid came out, and I was just like, oh wow, bro, that's so tight. But the line, <laughs> the line when he says walks with a glass cane. <laughs>